It is week 37 and this week I'm doing a book review and it is a biggie this week. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I have had this book on my reading list for so long now. Finally read it and it didn't disappoint. This is a really good book. So what's it about? It's mega old, maybe slightly dated, but all the techniques in it are still, you know, they're timeless. What he talks about in this book. First published 1953 and it is a, it's a self-improvement book. It's for if you want to learn how to deal with people better. That's it really, effectively dealing with people. If you're negotiating, you're wanting to motivate people, you're wanting to avoid arguments, all of that good stuff is all in this book by Dale Carnegie. So I'm going to jump straight into it and I've, in thinking about how to review this book, I've chosen some of the most pertinent points in this book that Dale Carnegie keeps coming back to. Some of the techniques in here he mentions again and again and again throughout the book. This big secret of dealing with people. In this chapter, he mainly talks about how it is so important to encourage and motivate people and be very positive and make people feel that they are important and he uses, uses the example given by a guy called Charles Schwab who was the head of a big US steel company and this guy said I consider my ability to arouse enthusiasm among my people the greatest asset I possess and the way to develop the best that is in a person is by appreciation and encouragement there is nothing else that so kills the ambition of a person as criticisms from superiors I never criticise anyone, I believe in giving a person incentive to work, so I'm anxious to praise, but loathe to find fault. If I like anything, I am very hearty in my approbation and lavish in my praise. Point in this chapter that although Charles Schwab is the guy who is getting paid the big bucks because he's the head of this steel company, he doesn't necessarily have to know the ins and outs of making steel. He's got his men around him that know how to make steel far better than him and his job then is just to encourage and motivate them and that's where the secret that's where the, the money lies in really really motivating people around you I've just bought a pet dog and I'm learning how to train this dog and it's a similar sort of mantra from in saying you know don't don't give them criticism don't smack them that's an old outdated way of, of doing things you just got to reward them for good behavior and you focus in on that if someone's done something good you are lavish in your praise and then hopefully all the sort of bad habits and bad tendencies will slowly slowly disappear another way of making people feel important and showing your respect to them is actually by just letting them talk you're staying silent and you're letting that person speak their mind and get it all off their chest this is in the chapter the safety valve in handling complaints and Dale Carnegie here is talking about how one of the best ways to handle a complaint is literally to just really really listen to what the person's saying and you're not arguing, you're not defending yourself, you're just letting them get it all off their chest. You're making them feel very important, like they've got something to say and someone to listen to what they've got to say. Another great takeaway from this book is when Dale Carnegie's talking about how to bring someone round to your way of thinking, how to influence their thinking or how to subtly prove to them that their way of thinking is in fact wrong. Now, it must be said beforehand that when he talks of wise men throughout this book, one of the wisest traits within them is that they are never 100% sure that they're right. No one can be right 100% of the time. And it's in fact only an idiot that believes himself to be sure of everything that they say and every thought that they have. However, if you do feel like someone's wrong, what he talks about here is the best way of doing it is planting seeds in their mind or opening up the debate in some way to subtly get them to realise themselves that they are in fact wrong. Some great quotes in here, Alexander Pope, men must be taught as if you taught them not, and things unknown proposed as things forgot. Men must be taught as if you taught them not, so they don't feel like you're the one preaching to them, they work it out themselves, and things unknown proposed as things forgot, so you make them feel like they always knew it, but they've just forgotten the right way of doing it. 
Another quote from Galileo. You cannot teach a man anything. You can only help him to find it within himself. So, I mean, the point is, if someone is, their mind is set on some something, they're not going to just change their way of thinking just because you've been very concentrational with them and saying, stop thinking your way, stop thinking the way you're thinking of it and come around to my way of thinking immediately. That's just never going to happen. You've got to encourage them and lead them down paths for them to work out what the truth is or what your way of thinking is. And you've got to plant seeds in their mind to then let them think about them and let those seeds mature into your way of thinking. There's an example of this in a, in a later chapter in the book where the sales manager of a, of a I think it's a car dealership, um, he wanted to encourage an attitude within his staff of, you know, optimism, enthusiasm, hard working, turn up early, go to home, go home late. He wanted to encourage this attitude within his employees. And he's thinking, how can I get this out of them? And he sat them down and he said, right, what qualities do you expect of me as your boss? And so the staff started rattling off, you know, leadership. We want you to be honest. We want you to be fair. And they were rattling off all these qualities. And he said he took them all on the chin and said, yep, I'm going to give you that. Now, what do you think it's fair for me to ask of you? And then the employees and all the staff started saying all of these things that he wanted. You know, they were saying it's fair for you to ask of us to turn up on time, turn up early, work hard all day, be loyal, uh, show great salesmanship and all the rest of it. And he got the answers that he was after from them. Great example later, planting the seed in someone's mind, letting them come up with the answers is, well, that's actually a double whammy because it's that plus making people feel important as well. So it's a double whammy for Dale on this part is where an artist is trying to flog his art and there's this one buyer, he's never buying any of his art. He's just, he's, he's never buying any of his work. And this artist thinking, how can I get him to buy this work? And then he tries a different tack. And he goes up to the buyer and he says, you know, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but these are some sketches. Can I just get your feedback? Can I get your thoughts? I know you to be an expert. What do you think? How could I make these the best I possibly can? And then this buyer starts talking and the artist is quiet. He lets the other person feel important by listening. And the buyer rambles on and on and on about what he could do to improve his work. And he's... In just doing that and changing tack, he's completely shifted the dynamics. It's not buyer-seller anymore. It's more of a cooperative now. Both people are working for one goal. And the potential buyer now feels like he's got a vested interest in this product and he's come up with the solutions. So he then gives the artist all of his feedback. The artist goes away, completes his work, and then, hey, presto, the buyer's going to be buying it because he's come up with the solutions already. He's planted the seed. He's made him feel important. And this buyer's happy. With one more quote, which sort of encapsulates all of that, this book is full of great quotes, by the way, but here it goes. If a man's heart is rankling with discord and ill feeling towards you, you can't win him to your way of thinking with all the logic in Christendom. Scolding parents and domineering bosses and husbands and nagging wives ought to realise that people don't want to change their minds. They can't be forced or driven to agree with you or me, but they may possibly be led to if we are gentle and friendly, ever so gentle and ever so friendly. Another short takeaway from this book is where... He's talking about throwing down a challenge. There's a chapter called When Nothing Else Works, Try This. And Charles Schwab, again, is in the example. He's the mill, He's a mill manager, and he's trying to figure out why this one mill, the employees just aren't shifting as many units. They're just not doing as much work. Maybe they're not motivated. So he went in one night. It's the nighttime shift workers. He said, how many units did you produce this evening? They told him, and he wrote that in big writing on the floor. Then the day workers come in. They see that. They work out that that is the number of units done by the night shift and they're like right immediately human instinct let's beat those guys let's do more and then the night shift workers come in and they see that they've beaten it so they want to beat that again you can't resist a challenge people can't resist doing a challenge and there's only so much you can pay people for the job it's a paragraph here i've never found that pay and pay alone would either bring together or hold good people i think it was the game itself and 
It says here that every what every successful person loves is the game. The chance for self-expression, the chance to prove his or her worth, to excel, to win. But this feeling of like, it's just not, it's, it is definitely not all about the pay. And if you want to motivate people, you should constantly think of new ways to challenge them and keep them engaged. See more in this book about how to make people feel important, how to motivate people, how to win them over to your way of thinking. But there's also some really good basics, like why it's important to remember people's names, uh, why it's good to smile, why it's good to see things from other people's perspectives, um, why it's good to never talk ill of people. So it's a great book. I've read The Power of Thinking Big and I've read Think and Grow Rich and this is a very similar styled book but I think this one just tops it. I do prefer this one. I think some of the techniques in this, if they're delivered the wrong way, could be seen as fairly disingenuous. But I think all the techniques in this are solid is for what my opinions were. Book. I'm going to finish off with my favourite paragraph from this book. There's just so many in it, I've got to do one more. And this one is about the value of a smile at Christmas. It costs nothing, but creates much. It enriches those who receive without impoverishing those who give. It happens in a flash and the memory of it sometimes lasts forever. None are so rich they can get along without it, and none so poor but are richer for its benefits. It creates happiness in the home, fosters goodwill in a business, and is the countersign of friends. It is rest to the weary, daylight to the discouraged, sunshine to the sad, and nature's best antidote for trouble. Yet it cannot be bought, begged, borrowed or stolen, for it is something that is no earthly good to anybody till it is given away. And if in the last minute rush of Christmas buying, some of our salespeople should be tired, too tired to give you a smile, may we ask you to leave one of yours. For nobody needs a smile so much as those who have none left to give. Thank you.